This is Machine Language, the podcast hosted by Manufacturing Automation Magazine. You've tuned in to hear conversations with industry experts on the latest industrial automation technologies and trends in Canada's manufacturing sector. Hello and welcome to this episode of Machine Language. I'm your host, Sukanya Reghosh, editor of Manufacturing Automation Magazine. Future automation systems need to be more intelligent and interconnected. Consequently, engineering and maintenance costs will increase unless modern and appropriate software tools are used during the design commissioning and maintenance stages. An advanced control platform to create an environment that integrates logic, motion and drives, robotics, safety, visualization, sensing and information technologies in a single project could drastically reduce the learning curve and the intraoperative software costs. Thomas Kukov from Omron Automation joins us for this episode of Machine Language to discuss advanced system control platforms and their role in improving efficiencies in a discrete manufacturing setting. Thomas Kukov has pioneered the design and performance of innovative products across business portfolios in industrial automation. He's the authoring inventor of 13 U.S. patents, holds a green belt in Lean Six Sigma, and has been recognized as Greenville, South Carolina Business Journal's Best and Brightest 35 and Under. His current role at Omron Automation is to lead the automation and controller business as product manager for the Americas. While Kukov's role is product manager, his passion is to grow his team to achieve world-class results as a respective and inclusive collective. In this episode, we discuss the importance of establishing proper industrial control systems, the benefits of using an all-in-one operation platform, and safety technologies. Kukov also shares examples of successful real-world implementations. Let's listen to the conversation. Hello, Thomas. Welcome to this episode of Machine Language. Hello, Sakanya. It's great to be here. Thank you for, for having me. Okay, so today we are going to go into an interesting discussion on advanced system control uh, platforms and their role in a discrete manufacturing setting. So, uh, you know, before even going into the details of this, um, let me ask you, uh, begin by asking, like, what is the importance of establishing proper industrial control systems in the connected manufacturing facilities of today and tomorrow? Perfect. Um, well, I guess to, to kick things off, I mean, looking back at the past couple of years, the outbreak of COVID-19 has taught us so many new lessons as manufacturers, but one that it reinforces really the importance to have control of the entire manufacturing process. Um, I mean, no matter if it's in the beginning of the pandemic or, or here at the end, without complete process control, manufacturers risk being a victim of, I guess, ever-changing power of their suppliers, the right. threats of substitutions in the markets, and even becoming a, a victim of the whims and changes of their, I guess, con consumers. So having that control really allows us as, as manufacturers to, to, to determine our, our own destiny. Um, 
And without this proper industrial control systems in the connected manufacturing facility, manufacturing companies can face falling out of relevancy very, very quickly. I mean, when we look at manufacturing facilities, which intentionally design comprehensive control, transparent communication, and equipment lifecycle management into their facilities architecture, um, they're really giving themselves the ability to stay at the forefront of some markets which may have grown a little bit over the past couple of years, but now we're experiencing some, some exponential uh, growth. And being at the forefront of these markets is becoming even more important when entire, I guess, nations and, and economies weigh the risks of onshoring supply chains versus, versus offshoring supply right. chains. This, the scale of globalization over the past few decades has been tremendous at creating a wide breadth of competition. So establishing proper industrial control systems not only allows manufacturing firms to be flexible enough for new consumer demand, but complete machine control allows these facilities to protect that core customer base that, that got them here to begin with. And what role does a proper version control system play overall in maintaining control of all project changes and product variations in manufacturing? Sukanya, so that's a that's a fantastic question. And because I guess version control is is near and dear to, to my heart. And that's driven mostly because proper version control is as important as chapters in, in a history book. Only by understanding how processes evolve can programmers and facilities take lessons learned from the past to more effectively and efficiently overcome the problems of, of the future. So by documenting the evolution of a program's version, transparency can be increased and gains made in, in one operation or one process can be quickly brought across an entire facility to create some good substantial change. This allows manufacturing facilities to create a standard process or a standard operating procedure, which is in the best interests of all the stakeholders of, of the facility. Of course, we know quick fixes in the manufacturing process are numerous over, over the, the production year. And we're not discounting the, the value of these quick fixes because these quick fixes help shifts meet their targets either in the wee hours of the morning or late at night when there's fewer team members on, on the shop floor. But by documenting these quick fixes, engineers, line operators, and plant management can review these changes together offline um, without affecting production to understand why the fix was even needed to begin with. So without proper documentation, uh, facilities become doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. And even though history doesn't exactly repeat itself, it does rhyme more often than we would like. And coming to tools, what tools should an advanced control platform typically have to bring together the different automation technologies present in today's manufacturing environments? I guess to, to kick things off, while we, and when I say we, I mean autom automation manufacturers like to, like to tout the number of tools in, in the toolbox. What's more, I don't want to say more valuable, but where the real value is to a lot of these manufacturing facilities is how these tools connect together to create 
a measurable contribution to not just the top line, but the bottom line yeah. of, of the facility's profit and, and loss statement. So like connecting pieces together to create a very long lever when different technologies are used together in a harmonious ecosystem, different automation technologies can act as one transparent machine control platform. Yeah, so as an example, many manufacturing facilities implement different solutions for vision, motion, safety, and data collection. So in their own right and in their own silo, these are, these are great um, solutions, but this can result in four, five different software packages different engineering curriculums, different types of inputs and outputs in the system, and sometimes multiple protocols as, as well, which going back to revision control now forces multiple revisions or revisions, excuse me, yeah. on, on the same machine. And that really, really increases complexity, especially when we talk about cybersecurity. Right. So while the production facility may see a production output yeah. um, at, at that top line, there's, there's often hidden costs to, to support all of these systems that negate those gains, resulting in a lower bottom line net earnings. So I guess to go back to your questions, what tools of an advanced platform are we looking for? We're looking for tools which increase the top line production without jeopardizing that, that bottom line. And in the machine control industry, we see this through a synergy of tools uh, while using tools, once again, as they were designed. So if we're trying to use a, a high-speed uh, protocol, we're going to, to select and, and use a, a protocol that's designed to be high-speed versus maybe a lower speed that we're trying to, trying to boost up. So striving for one controller, one connection, um, and one software is is a great start. So those are the the big tools that that we're looking for. If you were to tell manufacturers that you know what are the top things, like how how do these tools uh, basically contribute to their bottom lines? What would you say, like top of your head, like top yeah. two or top three? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll grab all three. We'll stick with the the controller, the connection. Um, and the software. So we'll start with that, that controller. Having, having a singular controller allows for a transparent view of how uh, the ones and, and zeros are, are moving throughout uh, yeah. the process, not yeah. to mentioning if you've got a single set of controllers, that's a lot less spares that have to be on hand. Having one connection between the, the singular controller allows for all the components today and and tomorrow to plug and play in a very friendly way, allowing maintenance to uh, be completed much quicker, regardless of the operator on, on shift. And, and lastly, that, that last uh, tool, I guess, is, is that software. Having a singular software environment yeah. allows for not just that program revision control that, that we mentioned, um, but also empowers process improvement to be scaled up without having to, to reprogram uh, each cell uniquely. In today's environment, uh, it's it's common knowledge that data is power today. But like, uh, what I want to ask is, does it help being data focused when selecting a single control platform? In short, yes. Data is incredibly powerful. 
Yeah. But the context that which the data is gathered is also critical when it comes to differentiating between normal process kind of yeah. noise and data which represents a fundamental change or shift in, in the process, which, which is commonly called a signal. So absolutely, firms should be data focused. However, they shouldn't be data, data crazed. After all, it isn't the data which represents the value, but the ability to implement changes yeah. using that data as justification. So when selecting a single control platform, firms should be focused on selecting platforms which have the ability to keep the entire context of the data embedded in the data itself. So this is where a transparent machine control architecture, we mentioned one controller, one connection, one software, um, really becomes paramount. So otherwise it is common to just be chasing small symptoms and not the underlying root cause. So for example, the data should be timestamped and aligned with video and ladder logic to allow multiple perspectives of the same event. When we say multiple perspectives, it's from different uh, subject matter experts within the facility. Because right. a single perspective is commonly a subjective perspective. So having these multiple perspectives help minimize bias in the analysis of the data by excavating the objective reality of, of really the process. So is data um, power? Absolutely, yeah. no doubt. However, without uh, enacting change from the data, the power just becomes wasted talent. Yes, completely agree because uh, you run into the problem of data overload and like uh, you don't know how to sort out between good data and useless data, basically. Absolutely. Uh, you know, how is using an all-in-one operation platform beneficial for manufacturers? Like, could you explain how the controllers work in this context? So when mentoring, I guess, future industrial automation professionals, at least within in our industry, it, it helps to decode talents within. Um, a lot of these new professionals uh, have concerns about their investment in higher education. I'm going here with the story, but, but bear with me. Um, so oftentimes these, these young professionals and yeah. industrial automation um, are, are concerned about basically the time that they're going to invest in their, in their education, whether it's trade school or an Ivy League institution, they're concerned about the lost revenue while they're in, in school and, and their tuition creates a significant uh, investment. Yeah. And, so we'll have those conversations with our internal talent, and then we'll have conversations with manufacturing facilities who are looking to have an all-in-one platform. And there is a, there's a big similarity here. Yeah. And it's all about uncertainty of, of the future. Fear about being left behind or worse, making the wrong decision and being left to start all over in a few years. So when we talk about the power of all-in-one platforms, this is the same as the power of a balanced education giving yourself the opportunity to succeed in the unknown. So the power of an all-in-one platform is the power to change the implementation of, of exponentially growing technology without incurring massive costs. We hear this being distilled down to industry terms such as scalability and, and flexibility. But the truth is these platforms give firms the ability to determine their own destiny 
without breaking their budgets every time a technological breakthrough occurs. So we know that change is the price of survival and how we change is determined by the opportunities we have in front of us. An all-in-one platform is immensely powerful as it lowers the inertia to implement improvements. If you're a single controller, so let's, let's get back to that, that controller. So if you're a single controller is programmed by a single platform, which yeah. communicates on a single globally open deterministic network, isn't hard to imagine how easy it is to increase the scope of that platform when all the data is already moving in a single traceable path. Right. And, um, you know, we are discussing about data and I already mentioned how there's this danger of data overload. So what solutions do you suggest that can help manufacturers access valuable data quickly and easily without wasting any time or resources on, you know, the excess part of it? So the manufacturing facilities uh, we, we've worked with in, in the past and continue to work with are extremely successful in their own right. Yeah. Um, oftentimes the, the titanium economy that, that we've seen here in in the yeah. US and in the Americas is the host to facilities which have years or even generations of experience understanding what their customers want and how to meet those customer needs at really a world-class level. Yeah. So the goal of setting up a data collection methodology without succumbing to, to data overload is to not is really to not diminish the facility's experience or passion to build, I guess, credible data quickly yeah. um, without incurring these massive amounts of cumbersome data. Yeah. So data which masks true signals in, in, I guess, the data as a whole can really dilute the relevancy of the, the data itself. So that's really what we want to, want to avoid. So instead of just grabbing a, a ton of data and, and yeah. ignoring all this great experience we have in our facility, yeah. or at least the facilities that, that we work with, um, we like to start small, trend the process which is known and establish a baseline and use data sources which represent key performance indicators of the process and key metrics as measured by those who the process affects. We do this to reinforce institutional knowledge which within that, that facility and prove out a methodology for gathering data that works with that culture. As there are seemingly endless ways to pull data out of a process. We may be talking about a dozen or so inputs, but the inputs allow organizations to see in real time how successful they, they really are. It also helps facilities grab a few incremental wins, justify the capital that they've just spent to gather this data, before scaling and gathering data from every cell and every process in the plant. And when facilities do decide to roll out the data across uh, the plant, it's completed with those facility experts who can guide where the data is collected from to build trends really across the plant. So starting small, get some early wins and start to scale up, leveraging the, the experience in-house. In However, uh, in some firms, extracting key uh, metrics can be difficult, either due to the complexity of the system, or sometimes this isn't the first time that a yeah. facility has tried to gather, um, yeah. gather data. 
So yeah. many of the industrial automation manufacturers in, in our space have service teams that can really help as well. Application yeah. engineering, technical sales and service technicians all have years of experience, which can be utilized to get good relevant data quickly. Right. So uh, basically, uh, the first point to remember is plan what you want to do before like jumping into it, right? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so, um, you know, it would be remiss not to talk about uh, safety and how critical it is in any manufacturing environment. So what I want to ask is, what are the technologies available today for safety in the context of advanced control system platforms? So I couldn't agree with you enough. Safety isn't just the only thing. It is everything. Yeah. Safety for operators, uh, safety for the environment, safety for the consumers of, of the products. If the solution isn't safe, odds are it won't be around very long. Yeah. As the early adopters won't be around to advocate for the solution. Yeah. Uh, the technologies which are available today really exemplify this. Safety controllers communicate on safety protocols which receive data from safety inputs while broadcasting data on safety outputs. Of course, this has been the solution for decades, but what makes many of these solutions cutting edge is that automated systems do this in the very heart of the entire system. There right. aren't twice as many connections everywhere as, as there were before. There's yeah. just one system. This gives firms a huge amount of control over that, that safety. It can be at the very heart of these facilities and these, these plants. We've talked a lot about the importance of an all-in-one platform. Yeah. And today's safety technology allows facilities to really keep that mantra without compromising safety of, of any of their stakeholders. So uh, what happens if the team on the factory floor is not well-versed with programming safety? When we look back at some historical accidents, oftentimes it doesn't have a happy ending when yeah. the factory floor isn't, isn't well-versed. And without proper execution of, of safety programs, safety cannot be ensured for, once again, the operators, yes. the environment, and, and the consumers. Right. Um, so industrial automation firms understand this as, as well as anyone. Yeah. So of course, easy to program function blocks in an all-in-one software platform takes a lot of the risk off the table as these function blocks were yeah. created by experts in, in their field. Yeah. However, not much is better than walking through the process validating that safety programming is, a, is functioning exactly as it is intended. Right. So as a result, many of these all-in-one platforms allow programmers to simulate their safety programs. The simulation can occur in both a two-dimensional space, so walking through the, the ladder logic, yeah. um, but then also in a three-dimensional space. We've seen a lot of three-dimensional modeling be able to showcase how quickly yeah. um, an application can react to, to a hazard um, to once again protect all those, all those stakeholders. This really allows the entire program to be rigorously pressure tested without endangering anything or anyone in the physical world. This can actually in turn decrease the development time as these simulations can be done simultaneously to the construction of the physical system it itself. 
And lastly, many of these industrial automation firms uh, today have service teams which, which can walk through a plant verifying programming and safety compliance. So it gives customers not only a vetted process, which gives them peace of mind that their operators are safe, but also can give these facilities ISO certifications at the same time. This peace of mind is becoming ever more important in, in today's facilities, because when safety is threatened by one process, it's, it really endangers all the, all the safety in that facility. Do you have any suggestions on how to select industrial controlled software that allows easy integration of safety standards, protocols, and requirements? So Sukanya, you, you mentioned it before, um, and I'm just going to reiterate it is that when starting the industrial control software selection process, it's best yeah. to start with that end in mind. Yeah. So really the questions come down to is success automating just one small task within a small set of the process, or are we really starting down the path to a facility-wide process control? So really saying, are, are we going down the path to, to bring automation across the entire facility, or are we treating the immediate right. danger doing nothing more? Yeah. Um, and both answers can be correct depending on, I yeah. guess, who's, uh, who we're talking to. While the scope of the software should be understood, facilities should also strive for the lowest number of distinctly different software with really that, that goal of one. Yeah. The all-in-one software platforms are designed to be scaled. So if the immediate danger is, is selected, but there was so much success, we wanna start rolling it out, that all-in-one yeah. software allows that to to happen with, once again, not incurring these massive costs. So this allows, once again, these facilities to spread out plant-wide automation over multiple capital projects, achieving substantial returns on each investment while reducing that total cost of ownership. Right. So by understanding the different ends, customers won't inadvertently become overburdened with licensing fees as these fees can quickly add up. So when selecting a software, to be the basis for plant-wide control, I would just recommend asking questions. Ask the obvious ones, ask the hard ones, ask them all because many software packages have different fee structures and different right. limitations, which should be understood from the start. For the solutions and technologies um, we discussed so far, um, you know, it would be interesting to get some like concrete examples or case references from like real life uh, scenarios in discrete manufacturing environments. So it, it, would you be able to share uh, something like that? Absolutely. An example that we can go through is a large automotive OEM, which produces their products right here in the USA. Um, of course, we won't get into the names of, of the facility, the products which were made, but right. by the end of this example, the overall value of an all-in-one platform uh, should shine through. Right. So a customer came to us wanting to improve the throughputs of their assembly process by targeting downtime. Right. And before we dive too further into this example, I do want to mention that this process was a, really a beacon of modern technologies. There were robots moving throughout. The, yeah. this assembly line, not just fixed, but there were some mobile robots as, as well. And machine control was all managed through a large switched network. 
um, which we see is, is, is common. And the software programmed on all the controllers in a single location, which with version control um, was also a very uh, great thing to see in such a, such a modern assembly process. A vision captured images of every step along the way, relaying traceability data to a cent central depository for really long-term storage. So when our team walked into the facility, the entire line was running and it was clear that every part of this process was critical for speed, yeah. precision, and then overall finish good quality. So after walking the line, we moved into the conference room off the floor to start to understand what success looked like for this, this customer. It was a, let's say a quiet conference room, but we had some whiteboards and we were just starting to dive into the conversation when yeah. uh, a line operator ran into the room and I don't wanna say asked, but almost pleaded for the engineering team who, went, who yeah. was uh, really hosting us to yeah. come to the line as there was a communication error. Uh, yeah. During a small subassembly changeover, so they didn't change over the whole line. It was just a just a small subassembly. So yeah. luckily, we were permitted to join the engineering team as we watched this. I mean, to be honest, a, a truly talented team yeah. walk through the ladder logic on multiple software to rule out many potential causes, yeah. only to identify the problem was indeed a communication issue between two different networks. Right. So it was a, a quick fix, a version change, uh, because we mentioned versions. Uh, they definitely kept that up, and the process was up and running again, allowing, uh, once again, the entire team to migrate back off the floor and, and into the, the quiet conference room. Right. So at least I was still catching my breath, um, yeah. but I couldn't help to ask this engineering team how often a fire drill like this occurred. So while the they, they mentioned that while the frequency wasn't enough to escalate concern way up the chain of command, the troubleshooting time itself yeah. often became a real burden. Right. Uh, the team mentioned that they got lucky on, on this call. If a team member with control of one of the programs was not in the building, then they yeah. could take a significant time to run through multiple software programs to identify the cause for error. So that's when we uh, got to take a pen to paper and walk through the system configuration. Yeah. And by doing that, it was clear the complexity of five different networks and six right. different software systems was a source of undue complexity. Right. The solution came in the form of an all-in-one platform, which ran on an open global network. The network right. was deterministic, which was really nice, allowing these engineers to pick up a little extra speed in the operations of, of their machines. Um, but the open network allowed our engineering team to collaborate to achieve a robust third-party connectivity to reduce development time and really flatten that learning curve for both right. maintenance and that engineering team. Right. So with a single software, a single controller, and that single connection, the facility was able to move troubleshooting from, once again, just as we saw it, to one person checking multiple systems while the line was down, yeah. to multiple ch people checking a single system through yeah. different perspectives, which yeah. in turn uh, decreased their, their downtime significantly. So this, this example has always struck me and, and stayed with me as this facility is absolutely world-class. They right. have great talent and they understand their customers well. The value of the platform brought to them was it allowed this customer to use their talent in a more productive manner.
Right. That's a really, really interesting example. Like, um, and it was lucky that uh, I guess your team was there and able to see the downsides of the system uh, that was present and then, uh, you know, give a better solution, I guess. It, it was uh, definitely a fun time to be in, in that particular site, but now I could argue that it's even a funner time now because they're able to be yeah. so much more effective. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, before we wind up this podcast, I, I would like to ask, uh, how have industrial control technologies advanced today? And what technology trends do you foresee in the space in this year, like 2023 and even beyond? This is an exciting time to be discussing industrial control technologies. Moore's law has yielded more extremely fast and very capable controllers. Globally yep. open networks have started to take more and more market share here in the Americas for, for motion control. Yeah. Software simulation allows users to troubleshoot both the ladder logic using soft HMIs, as well as rendering three-dimensional environments. And then secure protocols and isolated networks have been bridging that gap between the data in the IT world and that control that everyone wants in the, in the OT world. Right. So it is, it is a fun time because all of these great technologies are able to, to work a lot more harmoniously together. So looking to the future, we can expect the potency of these technologies to be able to yield greater process improvements. So similar to riding in a car today is exponentially more comfortable, safe, and efficient than riding in a car from the 1960s. Yeah. The platform trends we can expect to see are taking a lot of that complexity and moving it out of that center stage. We can expect to see artificial intelligence start to distill more data to separate that noise from those signals to create actionable tasks. We can also expect to see more compatibility between these cutting edge components. We mentioned motion, right. vision, and traceability within controllers, right. um, but we'll start to see these working a lot more seamlessly to once again, allow people to continue to have that, that one software platform. So in short, we can expect more simplicity to be able to bring more solutions to more facilities. And is there anything else that you would like to add to the subject that we discussed today? Uh, it's been just a joy to, to be on, on this podcast. You're, you're absolutely right. We've discussed a lot of topics today, but if we could add to, to the subject, it may yeah. be that industrial automation can be complicated if there's no vision to what facilities want to achieve. It can be daunting to add industrial control to either a brand new greenfield facility or migrate away from a platform which has stopped yielding value. But the good news is that all-in-one platforms don't have to be complicated as many industrial automation firms, um, such as the manufacturers of these, uh, all this new equipment, really are starting to measure their success by their customers' success. So here in the Americas, technical teams are ready to be on site um, at facilities to support this integration. We're seeing more and more proof of concept centers uh, becoming prevalent across different regions of, of the Americas, which these proof of concept centers allow facility leadership to see firsthand 
how an all-in-one platform will perform in their specific facilities. Lifecycle management is being built into machine automation portfolios. And what this means is firmware updates, software updates, um, and even hardware upgrades are becoming more backwards compatible to allow customers to maintain their cybersecurity and keep their machines relevant without, once again, rebuilding their entire facility and taking on uh, undue, undue costs. And of course, machine performance and data solution integration should always be part of the conversation. But ease of use, reduction of development time, future enhancements, and training advancements can be found right alongside. So once again, while we're looking at industrial automation as a whole, I would just encourage firms to, yes, look at that top line of what's, how much more top line revenue industrial automation can, can give a facility, but also be cognitive of, of those hidden costs that can kind of take away the earnings of, of a facility. So once again, allowing a facility to get the right solution to their machine control problems today is, is important, but do so without jeopardizing the ability to create new solutions tomorrow. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, particular episode of Machine Language. It was an absolute pleasure having you with us today. Yeah, Sukanya, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation about not just the future of machine automation, but, but where we are today. 